Well, we wanted to give you just a little bit of an update and uh, some information on what you should expect this year as far as the transition goes. And uh, the most important thing for you to know is, first of all, that we've got a plan. Uh, the staff and the elders especially have really thought through what the next uh, 12 months are going to look like when Tom retires in September of 2020 and I take over his responsibilities. And there's a plan that we're going to be following uh, throughout this uh, season. And one of the reasons that we put together the plan and, and are going to stick to it is because it is our desire that this transition at every level of our church would feel... <clears throat> to each of us as smooth and steady as possible, and that it would happen over time. Uh, what we don't want to see happen is, is something like this, that in September of 2020, all of a sudden a switch gets pulled, and everything that Tom was doing becomes uh, my responsibility. Rather, what we're hoping will happen is it will be a little bit more like a dial, and slowly and steadily over time, Tom is going to pass down his responsibilities uh, to me as we go throughout this uh, year and season. We want this transition to feel as unjarring as possible for everyone. The second thing that's really important to us is that as we go through this season of change, like Tom talked about this morning, that we continue in our strengths as a church. We've had 35 years this morning of God doing great work through the ministry of this congregation, and we have certain strengths that we've developed over that time. We want to see those things continue so that we don't miss a step. But we also want to spend this year preparing as well for future opportunities, and so we want to get ready in a number of different ways uh, for that. And then finally, uh, it is our desire and goal to sustain healthy leadership at every level, healthy relationships, and also healthy job descriptions, primarily among the staff, but really among everyone who serves here at the church. We have healthy, unified teams, and we have a healthy church, and desire to uh, see it continue that way. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to try to, just in a few brief minutes, uh, summarize and give you a kind of a high-level view of what this transition will look like as we envision it. And I wanted to talk about four key areas, uh, the elders, the staff, Sunday mornings, and also communication. And you're welcome to come to me or any of the elders later if you have questions about these things. But let me give you a little bit of a sense for what the elders are going to be working on the next year. Uh, the elders are responsible for the oversight of this transition in every way. Uh, the most important priority of the elders, in fact, is to make sure that this transition is as smooth and steady as possible. As many bumps in the road as we find, it's our desire to smooth uh, those things out. During this time, it is also our desire and goal to add some congregational representatives to the elder team. This is something that we've done in the past. We've asked um, mature men from the congregation to join us for our meetings so that they can begin to understand the work that an elder does and they can contribute to the work and, and represent the congregation. Sometimes those men go on to become elders and sometimes they don't. There's no promise that's made on, on either side, but it is our desire to expand the elder team over time and uh, that's the way that we're going to be beginning that uh, goal and, and starting that work. 
And as we do that, as, as we add people to our team as representatives, we're also going to be spending some time this year as an elder team uh, studying the character and the function of an elder. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about what it is that elders do, and it has a lot to say about the kind of person that an elder is. So it's, it talks about their work, and it talks about their life, and uh, we're going to spend some time this, this uh, year uh, deeply considering those things as we bring our lives to the Lord in that way. Uh, in addition uh, to that, I wanted to share a little bit about what you can expect uh, regarding the staff this year. One of the things that I did uh, as I prepared to um, develop a plan that was presented to the elders regarding the staff is I interviewed each one of the staff. And it was such a great opportunity for me to see what it is that the staff are enjoying about their jobs and what they're not enjoying, uh, ways that maybe they're concerned about the transition, opportunities that they see in the future, all of those things. And the thing that was, that was really obvious to me with each one of the staff that I met with is they love working at our church. They love the job that they're doing. They love the people that they work with. They love the congregation that they um, attend. And uh, it's really our goal and desire and prayer that it would stay exactly that way as we continue on into the future. Uh, aside from the obvious, we're not planning to make any gigantic changes to people's job descriptions, but we do want to tweak them to give staff opportunities to try new areas of, of ministry and to make sure that people are really working within their, um, their giftings and desires. The other thing that the staff communicated that they really desire is more training and development together. And so we'll be doing more of that as the year goes on. In two weeks, uh, the staff is going to go away for a staff uh, retreat. And um, so that'll be an exciting opportunity where, where that will begin. And then finally, I think one of the big questions that's been on people's minds, at least as I've been speaking with people, is what about my position? I'm going to be moving into Tom's position as lead pastor, so what will we do to backfill the associate pastor transition? Well, let me give you a little bit of information so that you can know uh, what to expect that way. Right now, the elders are currently discussing prayerfully the question of whether or not we should promote a person for associate, candidate, for associate pastor from within our church staff currently, or whether it would be a better fit for us to look to hire somebody outside. That's been a topic of conversation for us. Uh, this fall, we plan to come to the congregation and give you an update on that. In fact, I would anticipate probably as early as next month you'll be hearing uh, the way that the elders would answer that question. And then it is our hope and desire and goal that the new associate pastor be in place in May of 2020. That's four months before uh, Tom retires so that hopefully the, the uh, transition for that person and for all of the staff and for Tom and our congregation would go as smoothly as possible. And that also gives Tom an opportunity to continue with uh, a new staff uh, I'll be uh, taking over the leadership of the staff in May, and Tom will still be there for four months to do some, um, uh, what is that word? I always forget. Mentoring. Mentoring, that's it. Okay, thanks, Tom. We got the timing better this service, I thought. 
Uh, finally, in September of 2020, that will be the time that the staff transition will be complete. The dial will be turned uh, to full. And so you could anticipate all of our staff being in place with new tweaked job descriptions and uh, hopefully continuing to thrive. Let me talk next uh, about Sunday mornings. Uh, this year, we are planning to teach a year-long series on the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Those are two Old Testament books that most people are not familiar with, but they, they, they kind of give the very end of the narrative story of the Old Testament. And actually, they pick up where Tom left off in his sermon today. As, as you heard, um, the, the people of Israel were taken into captivity by Babylon. Jerusalem was destroyed. Its temple was in rubbles. The walls around the city that would give it any defense were smashed. And for 70 years, God's people were in captivity. And then something happens and the books of Ezra and Nehemiah describe what it is. God was gracious, and he transitioned his people from their captivity back into the land. And, and they move back into Jerusalem, and it is their goal, and it is God's grace in their lives that now they're seeking to rebuild what has been destroyed. These people were in an incredible transition, and it's our hope that, that as we study their transition that we can gain some things from ours. Uh, what you find in the books is that as they're seeking to accomplish this work, that there's a number of factors from the outside that are um, creating pressure and difficulty. There's people who are trying to stop them. And then from within, you have their own sin and disobedience of, of the people and all the difficulties that they face as they deal with themselves. And so we're going to think through that, and I think there will be a tremendous amount of application as we go through the series. In fact, what we're planning to do is we're planning to uh, work through the book of Ezra this fall. In fact, it's going to begin next week. We're going to begin that study. And then the book of Nehemiah uh, later on in the year in 2020. And after we finish each book, we're going to take some of the themes that we find in each of those books and pull them out and, and uh, have some mini-series. So topics like uh, worship and like marriage and gender, and sexuality, and worldview, and Sabbath rest. All of those things are big uh, pieces of, of focus in the books, where we're going to um, spend some time emphasizing those things, and uh, bringing those things before the Lord, and studying, and learning, and I hope really growing, and being encouraged, and challenged. Uh, in addition to that, there will be some materials that we're going to make available to the community group leaders that will tie in with all of this. And so if you're in a community group, uh, I hope that you will be uh, looking forward to participating in that. If you're not in a community group, I encourage you to uh, consider joining one this fall. That's the big picture for Sunday mornings. And then finally, one of the things that we know is going to need to be true during this transition, in fact, one of the most important things that we can do is to communicate with you. And uh, I hope you know you have an open channel to any one of the staff or elders anytime. If you've got questions or concerns, uh, feel free to give me or somebody else a call or, or write us an email. But some of the ways that we plan to uh, communicate generally are that we're going to have two new types of church-wide meetings that are going to happen uh, this year. The, the meetings will be designed for the whole family. There'll, there'll be events for kids that will be separate from the adults. 
But it's our hope that everyone who attends our church, and especially the members, would attend these two times. Uh, there will be an opportunity during those meetings to do things like um, get an update on how the transition is going. I'm sure there'll be opportunities to ask questions uh, that you may have or, or express what's on your heart that way. There'll be opportunities to worship and to pray together and to hear from some voices from the front that maybe you, you wouldn't have a chance to hear from all, all the time. But uh, we're hoping that those meetings will be really helpful just in, in getting people information that they need. But not only that, really unifying us together as we walk through this season as a, a church family. Another thing that we're going to be doing just while we're talking about communication is beginning in January of next year, we're going to update our website. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed is that people who attend our church don't use our website very much. It's the people who don't attend our church actually that use our website. If somebody's considering attending our church, that's the first place that they go. And so what we're planning to do is to simplify our website so that it's primarily geared so that a person who doesn't attend our church can find out uh, a little bit more about who we are and what we're all about. And hopefully it's just another way to kind of open the front door and encourage people into the life of our church family here. But we also wanted to think of some new ways to communicate with the people who are already a part of our church. And so uh, in January, we're also going to launch a new smartphone app. Uh, which sounds like it's sort of cool. It's not really meant to be cool. It's really meant to be useful. Um, if you don't have a smartphone, that's fine. You won't necessarily be missing out on things. There'll be other avenues to get information. But this will be a tool where people can very simply do things like check in their kids before they come, where people can see a list of all of the community groups and ask questions to a, a leader back and forth. Uh, you'll be able to see all the events that are happening at our church very easily and sign up for them finally in an, in an easy way. Uh, there's other things that it will do too, but it's just our hope, again, to simplify the communication that we have around here and give you some helpful tools uh, as you participate in the, the ministry of our church. And then finally, in the fall, I'm planning to start an e email newsletter uh, that will be for any person who attends our church. It's not going to be a promotional newsletter in the sense that I'm not going to use it to promote events. We already have something called the Grace Vine that does that, that you probably <coughs> sign up for. So it's going to be less promotional, more devotional. Um, what my hope is, is that it will give you some tools, again, that you can use. Um, uh, every so often I read a really great article on a website and I'm going to link those things and I'm going to send you to different uh, podcasts or videos or books that I think would just be helpful uh, for people in general Christian growth and life and there'll be information that's kind of behind the scenes that will be coming through in, in that newsletter. It'll probably be quarterly, uh, but that's just another way that we hope to keep you informed as, as much as possible as uh, the transition occurs. One thing that people have asked that I've really appreciated is how can I help? How can I be involved in the um, transition? And the two things that I would uh, say to answer that is, first of all, uh, just to participate in the life of our church. Be a part of our worship. Be a part of our Sunday mornings. Commit to being a part of this series. Be a part of a community group. Um, allow God to use your gifts here. We need all hands on deck during this time, and I hope that your hands will be included in that. 
And the second way that I would answer that would be to say, please pray for the transition. This would be a great year to take a post-it note and stick it on your mirror that, that reminds you to pray or to put a reminder on your cell phone you know, that, that, that comes up every day. We need you to pray. Pray for Tom as he gets ready for his retirement and as he passes the baton. Pray for me as, as I uh, take that baton. I, I was saying uh, earlier that I really resonate with what Tom said during his sermon. He said he's struggling with retirement. And I'm struggling with this in some ways, to be honest with you. I know I have big shoes to fill. But just like what Tom said, I believe with all my heart that this is what God wants me to do. And this is the only thing that I want to do with my life. I don't think I've been much more excited to do just about anything uh, other than marry my wife. Um, But we need your prayer. And I certainly feel a sense of real dependence and, and reliance on the Lord. So please pray. Pray for the elders as they guide this transition. Pray for the staff. If if it's going to be bumpy for anybody, it's going to be bumpy for them. So pray for them. Talk with them. Figure out how they want you to pray for them. And pray for our church in general. Pray that God would continue to make us the church that he's made us for the last 35 years. Church full of people who desire to be alive in Christ and connected with one another and engaged in the world. That's our hope and and prayer for the future, too.